Tuesday night edition of the Craft Upon Podcast Emergency Pod here, Jake. It, it's we have we've got a lot to talk about. Some some minor little news came out today that that we might just, need to to discuss just, very very briefly. Yeah, just just definitely some minor news. It's not as if neither of you thought that or that neither of us thought we would be doing a podcast tonight. I mean, you said that as we were talking before we went live. Did not expect it. So yes. uh yeah. yeah. So so when when I after doing a two hour podcast last night, I thought, okay, cool, I'm 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 good for another week. No need to podcast until then. But as it turns out, we got hit with a bombshell today. And so what we're gonna do here, folks, we're gonna discuss the big news about the Ducks placing Bob Murray on administrative leave. We will just briefly right now touch on tonight's game since we just witnessed the Ducks win in overtime in thrilling, well. in thrilling fashion. We'll start with the good stuff, the, the the happy stuff, and then we'll get into the Murray news after that. So definitely stick around after we once we're done with the post game. But I mean, the Ducks win three to two in overtime. Troy Terry with the game winner. John Gibson making forty one saves on forty three shots and a number of just highlight reel saves in overtime during the game. And this was a game, Jake, where the Ducks, I mean, pretty much were, were on track to let it slip away. They were the team yeah. with the lead, and they, I mean, they were up 2-0. They let Vancouver sneak back into it with a couple of just horrendous defensive plays at the end of the third period. But all's well that ends well, particularly when you have uh, John Gibson and Troy Terry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this wasn't a great game from a shot attempts perspective. The Ducks were bleeding shot attempts against, bleeding shots on goals against. I guess the one thing if you do want to give them some credit for is that 5-on-5, they actually did a pretty good job at limiting the chances uh, Mm -hmm. against, and that kind of bears itself out when you're looking at expected goals. The Ducks actually at 5-on-5 had 1.7 expected goals for only 1.6 expected goals against. But having said that, John Gibson still was getting barraged by shots, even if they're from the outside, having him forcing him to make uh, that many saves. Uh, it, it's just not a, a recipe for success long term. No. And so he stepped up. John Gibson was John Gibson. And like you said, Troy Terry is very good. Hashtag folks. Make, yeah, run with it. You're, you're almost to the point where you're getting the Ducks official account to, almost. to, to utter it, to say the word. Almost. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the big takeaway here, I think, is that the Ducks, they did a lot of bending, but they ultimately did not break, as Dallas Akins yeah. often likes to say. And yeah, I think that if you look at the the five-on-five five numbers from this game, there's elements of it that are definitely not in the Ducks' favor. I mean, the fact that they were outshot attempted 58-34. Um, 80-46 in all situations. Yeah, but you know, let's talk. Let's just let's stick to five. I know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just (laughs) adding that there. They allowed 80 shots on goal against. But if you look at expected goals, I mean, it was. I mean, I think you may have already mentioned it. Sorry if I didn't catch it. But they actually won that battle, 1.7 to 1.6, and Mm -hmm. then yeah, yeah, yeah. High danger chances. They trailed in that category as well, but not by a huge margin. I mean, 10 to seven. So maybe it looks a little worse than it actually was i i don't know um there were definitely stretches where the ducks were just totally hemmed in to their zone where they just couldn't get anything going and you saw that in the first period i mean the, the first the first period the first... and the late of, and the end of the third period yeah and i thought that the first period was interesting because they started off looking so poor it reminded me a little bit of the vegas game a couple weeks ago on, on friday and 
they kind of managed to get out of that funk. They they drew a penalty, they score on the power play, and all of a sudden you have a lead and you're feeling good about it. After that, a little bit of waxing and waning. Ultimately, after just so many things happen in this game, weird penalties, weird calls, there's a rush chance where Jamie Drysdale feeds Isaac Lundestrom and he goes to his backhand and it looks like, I thought it was in at first sight, very, very slightly though. The play goes on for about 90 seconds. They blow the horn and as it turns out, it was in. So that would give the Ducks a 2-0 lead. And by the way, Isaac Lundestrom, 10 points on the season. So, yeah, yeah. He's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean he's he's been productive. I don't know the the five on five numbers are not necessarily dominant, but look, production is is a factor as well. After that, the Ducks give up two consecutive goals. The first one, just a horrendous turnover by Sam Carrick in the defensive zone. And so once again, it's that Ducks fourth line out there defending a lead late in a game that get just completely blown out of the water. Um, after that, same thing, defensive breakdown. The Ducks are stuck in their zone. Derek Grant has to hand his stick over to Josh Manson. And after that, Derek Grant goes back up to Pressure's man, who happens to be Elias Pettersson. Once he does that, he kind of pushes on him, right? Gives him a little bit of, of, of a shove, and then just kind of leaves him alone. Just, just watches him walk into the zone completely unfettered. Uh, it's like his controller died, for anyone who's ever played EA Sports NHL. Mm-hmm. And Pettersson gets a shot off. He's not definitely not the guy you want to be letting walk in like that untouched with his blistering wrist shot gets it by gibson that would make it two to two and after that i mean you look at the overtime just crazy back and forth affair some really good contributions in that overtime i thought jamie drysdale was really good defensively lundestrom made some key plays adam henrique making important defensive mm-hmm. plays and ultimately the two-on-one with getzlaff and terry at that point that combination is pretty much money when yeah. they're coming down like that on, off off the rush, so yeah, just a crazy game, man. I mean, you really can't you really can't say enough about how good John Gibson was tonight. Yeah, John Gibson was absolutely amazing, and yeah, I mean that final play or the the game tying goal. I mean, yeah, what is Derek Grant necessarily doing there? It's it's almost <laughs> like you wanted a front row seat to watch Elias Pettersson's uh, wrist shot to be able to see how he should be shooting the puck. <laughs> That's what um, it looked like. Yeah, yeah, it because it yeah. There's just so many better ways that he could have ended up playing that 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 would have yeah. like e- even if without a stick, you can at least put, apply pressure in some way to be able to throw him off his shot and not give him a completely uh, open look for essentially the best player on the Vancouver Canucks. So yeah, um, but yeah, overtime was an absolute blast. It started out kind of a bit more on the slower end of OT. Yeah. But this is kind of, I think how three on three OT goes. It, it's just, especially with the ducks and their current, how they're currently set up. They don't really try to slow it down once it gets going. And so once one team makes a mistake, it's almost like it's two on one, two on one, two on yeah. one, just back and forth, back and forth. And that's, that's what's entertaining. And that's, what's fun about it. And that's how that end was. And John Gibson was huge. Um, in, yeah. in that three on three overtime had two breakaway saves and then that allowed the ducks to be able to score, go down and score on the other end. And Troy Terry is able to pot it off a great feed from Ryan Getzloff and Troy Terry just yet again, continues to scoring streak. Another two point game for him. Uh, what is it? 12 game point streak. He, yep. I think there's only it's Korea Getzloff, Solani Perry are the only, mm-hmm. uh, I get, uh, yeah. Korea Getzloff, Solani Perry, are the only other ducks to ever have a 12 game point streak. I mean, that's, so, that's, that's ducks royalty right yeah. there. So yeah. Pre- and pretty and, rarefied air. Yeah. And you know, it's funny that that overtime, it definitely reminded me of 
for John Gibson, it reminded me of the overtime uh, from the 2016 oh. World Cup of yep. Hockey. I knew you were going to go there. Team North America and Team Sweden. I mean, that's what it felt like. Yeah. I mean, just, just, just breakaway after breakaway, uh, high danger chance after high danger chance, and obviously him coming up large. So exciting game. I will say my, my one little bone to pick. So late in the game, the Ducks got a power play off of, I think what was a questionable call on a trip from Yaroslav Halak on Ryan Getzlaff. I don't know what you thought about that play, if you even saw it, but they called a penalty. The Ducks have a power play. They have a chance to put this one away. To I mean, you, you've got a power play that's playing really well this season that's producing, and you know you gotta you got to go for the kill, basically. And they put Hampus Lindholm out there to have two defensemen, three forwards, as as what we know to be a precautionary move so that if they get caught on a turnover that they have a better defenseman back there instead of a forward uh, to defend and and not have the have the Canucks tied up. I just think that uh, that just didn't work out for them. The power play was less effective, so their chances of scoring went down and then after that the Canucks tied it up. So yep. I think in those situations you got to go for it. Um, that's just yep. me though. Yep, and so I think at least for some Ducks fans, this will will definitely give them a nice way to end the day after, I mean, what we're about yeah. to get into, a, a tough a tough day. Yeah, any last things you want to say about that game before we shift? Uh, not really a whole lot, obviously, with everything that's happened today. Enjoyed the game, but definitely was, was on the back burner in my mind. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, I'll... I'll just say that I thought overall, you know, there it's one of those games that wasn't the cleanest. There were definitely mm-hmm. some flaws, but the Ducks found a way and it was just a lot of fun. It, it's nice to have an exciting hockey game to watch every now and again. Yep. Okay. Let's shift over to today's news. Yep. So we'll just go in chronological order because I think that this is the way to do it. I think that that it kind of makes it make more sense. So uh, let's see here. At 2.08 p.m. today, Pacific Standard Time, Ducks released a statement that they have. I'll just read it word for word. I don't know. I just want to give people the exact wording. Uh, the Ducks have placed Executive Vice President and General Manager Bob Murray on administrative leave pending an ongoing investigation related to professional conduct. Uh, we recently became aware of accusations of improper professional conduct against Bob Murray. After internal review, we enlisted Shepard Mullen, to perform an independent investigation. Upon recommendation from their initial findings, we have decided to place Bob on administrative leave pending final results. In the interim, Vice President of Hockey Operations and Assistant General Manager Jeff Solomon will assume the role of interim general manager. We will have no further comment until the investigation is complete. So, unpacking that statement, the the, the smoking gun in all of this, first off, holy crap, the next yeah. general manager just got put on leave. Yeah, but, came out of complete left field. Also, it, there was yeah nothing, no 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 insider you know saying look out or anything like that. No. The the smoking gun here is to me is that sentence. After internal review, we enlisted Shepard Mullen to perform an an independent investigation. Upon recommendation from their initial findings, we have decided to place Bob on administrative leave pending final results. So what that means is the investigation is not over yet, but the initial findings warrant them placing Murray mm-hmm. on administrative leave. Yep. So we're going to do our best to not speculate as to what has happened. We don't know. Uh, we have reports afterwards that give us an idea, um, a very strong idea, actually, yeah. 
of what specifically we, we don't know what specifically happened we have a good idea of what it's all stemming from but it just goes to show that something happened something bad enough happened to where the ducks are just saying bomber you got to stay home for a while until this is all yeah and one thing that i'll add right here because i think it's an important piece of information is that Mm -hmm. for it to be this bad you have to imagine that uh this is the end for bob murray and i think that was my takeaway we'll get to that more but that yeah but that that was my initial takeaway from this statement is that you don't Mm -hmm. put someone on administrative leave based upon the initial findings unless they're bad enough where once it's complete that is going to go from administrative leave to just being completely cut cut loose being fired being forced resignation however it ends up happening that that's at least kind of how i feel about it because if they didn't find enough if initial findings weren't strong enough then this wouldn't be the case and so at this point in time they cannot do anything until the investigation is complete but the initial findings were strong enough that uh action needed to happen yeah we're on the same page there for sure um so then after that if it had only been that today i think our case for doing this emergency pod would have been not as strong. But after that, reports started pouring in. And so we have four different reports, all from respected sources around you know the hockey media industry. And I just want to point out, before we get into these different sources and their reports, that the Ducks are one of the most tight-lipped organizations, possibly in all of pro sports. This is a team that there is rarely if ever any rumors or leaks out of you just don't hear anything from this team and that is by design that is a possibly bob murray thing um definitely an organizational thing that they do not let anything out so consider the fact that the ducks released this statement and all of a sudden you have all of these reporters that just have information on what's going on you have to imagine that the ducks are not necessarily keeping all of this a secret in fact i would speculate this is speculation so there you go folks that they might be putting some of this out there right there's there's that and i think who else who else has the information well i think the other part of this is um a as we kind of get into more of the reports that came out there are probably former players that spoke out about this yeah. former players for the ducks There's that played under Bob very Murray close to the situation, Pe- people that worked under Bob Murray that, that probably gave information about the work environment that Bob Murray mm-hmm. fostered. But uh, some of while- these reports are so detailed though, that they almost have to be coming from a team source. Um, Potentially it could, yeah. it, it could be someone that's recently left. It could be a bunch of things, but yes. So we'll start with the first thing that came out. So Darren Dreger on Insider Trading on TSN, I mean, basically that, I mean, his his report wasn't super detailed, just saying that toxic work environment, right, within, mm-hmm. the, within the team uh, from Murray, Murray berating people. Um, and that was job security. Yeah, and that was the initial big red flag. Because if you think about it, in a work environment, threatening people with their jobs when you're in a position of power is kind of like one of those lines. I think you don't cross, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If, if my boss told me on a semi consistent basis, Hey, uh, if you don't do this, well, you're out like that's, you know, I, I I think that that's crossing a line, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Yep. Um, And, and one thing also brought up on insider trading, it's not necessarily shown in this tweet, but if you mm -hmm. watch the video, Chris Johnston brings it up that, um, 
he believes that some of the reasons for this to happen is it came from the um, anonymous hotline mm-hmm. that the NHL yeah. has set up. And I believe that was in the wake of, wasn't it the Kimalu, um Bill Peters situation? Yep. Uh, and, and also Mike Babcock with Mitch Marner. So the NHL set up the anonymous hotline after those situations from, what was that, a year and a half, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And so these came from anonymous tips to the NHL through yeah. that. Yeah. So after the Darren Dreger report, more there was more on the way. So Frank Saravalli, again, one of the top insiders around the league, mm-hmm. wrote put out a pretty detailed article and I'll just I'll read a couple of paragraphs here. So multiple league and team sources tell Daily Faceoff that Murray is under investigation for allegations of creating a toxic workplace environment by way of his repeated verbal abuse and harassment of Ducks players, coaches, and personnel, plus his intimidation tactics and temper tantrums that fostered a culture of fear uh, throughout the organization. Now, here's a quote from a source. Working for Bob Murray was pure daily mental warfare. One source said the abuse was endless, crazy text messages to players and staff berating them for their performance, and threats of job security happened with regularity. These weren't one-time slip-ups or mistakes. These were regular explosions and eruptions and then another source said there's not just one skeleton in the closet here with murph uh, which is murray's nickname the list of people who have felt his wrath firsthand uh why is this thing moving around for me the people who have felt his wrath firsthand over the years is long so yeah that is uh pretty shocking stuff pretty jarring and of course this is all alleged Nothing has been finalized yet. But again, consider the fact that the investigation is not over and the Ducks had deemed whatever was in there enough to say we need to press the pause button on Murray as our GM for now. Um, and then you read all of this and the case against Murray seems to grow, right? We yep. don't have his side of the story. We don't know. Um, we don't know what he would say to all of this, but there is clearly, and you just from, you know, us kind of asking around, like there's clearly a lack of surprise from yeah. people who have been on the inside for the last few years. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on the Sarah Valley article? Just, I mean, pretty troubling if you ask me. Pretty troubling, um, not shocking, and maybe that's um, yeah, that's uh, the sad part. Yeah, that that's the sad part here. It kind of come goes in line. You and I get here uh, little snippets from people. Um, here and there about the the work environment, about things from the inside, um, not super detailed, but from what we Enough have heard, to paint a picture. From what we have heard, this is not necessarily um, shocking. And I think at the end of the day, my first um, my first thought here is that um, I am my thoughts go out to the players that have had to deal with him and the people that have had to work with him and put up with this environment where your boss has been berating you in this and the mental impact that's probably had on your life. Daily mental warfare. 
Yeah, the, that's the, a huge. Like, that's a huge charge. <laughs> like, picture going to work and having your boss constantly do that to you. It's gonna have. It, it's gonna take a toll on you, and it's gonna have a lasting impact. Not only for while you're in that job, but every job that you have after, you're gonna be looking over your shoulder. You're gonna be flinching um, when something mm-hmm. happens, wondering if you did something wrong. And I mean, you start to wonder. Maybe that's why Troy Terry had some confidence issues last year. If this is the case, if he's sending text messages to players, not saying that that's happened, or this is even. I guess it's speculating but it it, it's like you start to wonder these these types of questions as these types of uh reports come out about bob murray and i I think the best way to put it is something that came later but it it's a toxic work environment and it doesn't foster a a good work environment and it's not right (laughs) like there's no other way to put it It, it's not right what's happened yeah so after that as if that wasn't enough um then a article came out before the Ducks game from Elliot Tiford. And to me, this was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. This is where I started buying more into these reports because Elliot Tiford, the Ducks media cohort, is a very small one, right? It's Tiford, Stevens, and whoever pokes in time to time from the LA Times, but it's a very small cohort. And so for Tiford to be just writing something on this and adding some level of detail tells me that Murray is in trouble because if he, you know, if he wasn't, if this wasn't going to play out, if the organization didn't want it to be known that, you know, maybe his days are numbered with the team or whatever. Um, I don't know if this kind of detail is coming out because Tiford is and the, the local writers, they get most of their information, if not all of it from the team. So yeah, Here's what I saw in the article that really stood out to me. This, I mean, it's really just one line. A decision on Murray's future with the Ducks is expected within days. That was not mentioned in any other report up to that no, point. I, and like I said, just to reiterate, Tiford gets, I'm gonna, I'm willing to bet, over 99% of his info from the team. Well, and you also have to think that if... Um if somehow this was incorrect or his report he's screwed if i mean he cannot get that wrong and he'll and he'll lose access if bob murray somehow stays and and yeah like this is not something you can you can screw up on exactly but so i and the final kind of piece of information that's come out from this is emily kaplan tweeting out two hours ago this kind of thread and it's basically i mean it's short enough where i'll just read it word for word um emily kaplan currently works for espn she's actually done a great job of breaking some jack eichel stuff and and really done a good Mm -hmm. job of making headway there um, but said Ari Bob Murray doesn't sound like one singular incident that led to the Ducks uh, led the Ducks to put their GM on administrative leave, but rather his befa- behavior t- towards staffers and what one source described as an abusive culture. A source says all of the initial complaints involve verbal abuse. Um, there is no time frame on Bob Murray investigation. The team intends to see it through, but there was enough evidence in early interviews to suggest that Murray was not fit to continue in the current role. The Ducks are on the road right now and plan is for Murray to return to Anaheim. Uh, the NHL sent a memo after Blackhawks case and basically told teams, if you know of any abuse, you must report it. Sounds like that leads to some in the Ducks organization to question Bob Murray's behavior. Some allegations may be years old, but people feel more empowered to speak up now. Yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that's ob- what you want. Obviously, there's no redeeming qualities at all from the Blackhawks case. It's an awful, awful situation. Yeah. Um, it, but the fallout from that could be the f- finally 
the toxic hockey culture that does exist with the old boys club finally starting to see its way out because people are now empowered to speak out with the the NHL basically saying after that, if you uh, saw stuff and didn't report it, you're culpable in some ways. Right. And so I think that that's kind of what's happening here is players, staff members, um, who knows, saw all of that and were like, well, we need to get on top of this. We first off, we're, our own job security it could be on the line if it's found out, but also there's some safety here. And so we need to be able to speak out anonymously against this. And it sounds as if there, it's not just one, one or two people uh, speaking out uh, and giving the NHL uh, calling that hotline. It seems like it was multiple people that did it. Yeah. And I think one other thing from the Tford article that was kind of shocking that that was included was, I mean, Tford made mention of the lawsuit that uh, Bob Murray faced uh, in 2010 for the barstool incident. Uh, at Joe Louis Arena, where you know he was sued by Rachel Paris, saying that she was struck in the chest, arm, and shoulder uh, by a chair from Bob Murray. So, I feel like including that detail probably wouldn't go over well if you know with Bob Murray if he was still gonna if he was gonna be coming back. So again, it's just like there's this there's this breadcrumb trail that to me leads, in my opinion, again this this is just totally my reading of all of this. But I think you would agree as well. I don't think Bob Murray is going to be the GM of no. this team after this investigation gets finalized. No, you you don't. I don't think you put him on administrative leave um, unless you um, unless you have enough evidence to where once an inve- investigation is done, you're going to terminate his contract. Um, yeah. and, and so I think that that's been done. I I think. I think you and I both agree. Bob Murray, obviously, completely in the wrong. Awful. This toxic. Yeah. Well, work again, I I do want to make a mm-hmm. a short mention that this is all this based is up, all... based upon the reports and information that is currently yeah, in front this of is, us. This is based off the information that we have available. We don't. We're like everyone else. We don't know what happened, but there's a preponderance of evidence here that is Correct. pointing in the same direction. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And you, don't um, even, and you don't even have like the the kind of random reporter insider that makes a pro Murray report, right? Or that's kind of sticking up mm-hmm. for Murray. Usually there might be one or two of those. Um, you know, you've seen that in the past when allegations get thrown around, but that has not happened here. I no, mean, no, so that I, hasn't. That's, that's bad news for Murray. No, it, yeah, it, it's definitely bad news. Um, I had completely forgot the point that I was going to make before you jumped in there, but... Um, yeah, pretty much uh, all of this kind of leads to the the final point that this was an awful kind of work environment. And I hope that the people um, could finally speak out on this and felt comfortable doing that. Oh, I remember where I was going to go with it. Mm-hmm. The, the real question that I have, um, mm-hmm. because it seems based upon the findings of the from the sources and the information currently in front of us, um, that Bob Murray is not going to return. That that's, I think, a pretty cut and dry thing from the investigation. But the real information that I find that I want to know, honestly, out of this investigation is there are plenty of ways that this toxic work environment could have been allowed to continue. Um, but I think what's important is understanding how this was allowed to happen. Yeah. What like because that is that is what's the important the elephant thing. in the room. Yeah, because Bob Murray is the only person being put out here. But were there any people protecting him? Were there any people working with him? Um, maybe a guy like a, not, I'm not going to throw this out there. Not worth it. But, um, 
you i would like to see what the investigation found in terms of how this was allowed to happen because at the end of the day bob murray has been the general manager for the ducks for over uh, over a decade Mm-hmm. And, and so this is a big question for the Samuelis of how did it, how did they allow this culture to manifest well, itself? Well, they are, I mean, look, the Samuelis are hailed for being hands-off owners. And mm-hmm. it would appear that in this case, that may have backfired a little bit. We don't know yet. We don't know all and, the details. And, that, and that's where I say that's the, the the thing that I'm very interested to see as a finding from the investigation. Here. Well, the thing is, this this seems to be like the worst kept secret in the NHL. I mean, you and I have heard stuff over the years, right? And if we're hearing stuff, you know, people who are far from being on the inside, you have to imagine that within the industry that this is like rampant, rampantly available information that Bomberry was just very difficult to work with. And if it extended to the point where people felt harassed, berated, you know, getting these crazy texts, it, it's just, it, like you said, I think that that's a great point is how, if it was that little of a secret, how was it allowed to persist? Like, you know, no one, I don't think anyone wants that, right? No one wants a, a bad work environment and yet it was allowed to continue. Yep, and, so, and there and there's a lot of reasons that people even put in my my Twitter replies, and I actually because I had kind of asked that question on Twitter, and it was more meant to be rhetorical because I think there's obviously a lot of different reasons that are pretty easy to come up with, um, in, in terms of whether it is fear for your job, whether it is, um, sure, who who knows I mean, what it's, else it's, it could it's be, human but nature, but it, but self preservation is human nature. Yeah, but it, it's wonder it's trying to find out what is the reason here that happened. Yeah. So, uh, uh, with that being the case, anything else you want to add though on this before maybe we move on to moving forward for this team, I guess on this. No, I think that we've covered it. Um, so yeah, moving forward. I mean, so now Jeff Solomon is the interim GM. Yeah. Like uh, this, this is not how we expected that to, to come no, out. No. And, and I think that it, as a Ducks fan, this is both, I think, a good and a bad thing overall is in the situation because the, the bad thing, the good news is Bob Maurice, from the information we have, should no longer be the general manager of the team and he will not be the general manager of the team moving forward. And I think mm-hmm. that, that is a good thing, both from a work environment situation for the Ducks and I'm happy for everyone that works within the organization that they no longer have to deal with a person potentially on a power trip uh, running yeah, the franchise. This sounds like it was widespread, you know, beyond yeah. even players. Right? Yeah. And so that's really troubling as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I think from that perspective, it's something that uh, I am very happy for everyone within the organization. I guess the the bad news here is it's frustrating that the this I mean same type of thing that we were just talking about, but this was allowed to uh, happen within the Ducks organization over yeah. the past decade. I mean, ultimately, it was enabled. Yes. Yes. And, and that is very, again, something that that's going to have to change. I think there's maybe a couple of approaches you could take with that, where on on one hand, it is very it's very problematic that this was allowed to continue for so long. But at the same time, the fact that it is being pushed back against now regardless of the reasons why is a sign of progress. Yes. And, and we should actually state that here and we haven't mentioned it yet that it appears as if once this was brought to the ducks attention through the NHL hotline, they acted pretty quickly and swiftly and made a very quick decision. Even during the initial findings to put 
um, to put Bob Murray on administrative leave. And I think obviously we need more information before completely commending the organization for right. doing this. Right. Because um, this is the same organization that had this uh, going enabled on. and enabled yeah. this. But yeah. I think that from the perspective of acting swiftly and uh, not waiting Within for the, the investigate- current environment, they've done yes. well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of all there is to say at this point on this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, moving I, moving forward, I guess, to, to put a bow on it. Real quick, let me let me just jump in here. I, mm-hmm. I think that before we, we talk about that, I do want to mention this because I think it's an important thing to talk about is you may, everyone out there listening, you may be going through a similar situation to this. And I think that's a very important piece of this conversation here is that this is not unique to hockey. Um, this can happen in everyday life. Um, and so if you're going through a situation like this and you may not have an anonymous hotline to reach out to, if you're dealing with an abusive boss, if you're dealing with anything like that, whatever situation you're in, first off, I want to say my DMs are open. Um, feel free. If you just want someone to talk to about it, I'm here. Um, so that, that's one thing that I do want to mention. And so we're here with you. Um, and just know that, uh, if you try to reach out, try to speak out as best you can. I know it's not always easiest in every situation. It, it depends, but, um, we're here for you. We will listen to you. We'll help you as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, that's the big takeaway, I think, from all that's happened this year in the NHL and, you know, in other walks of life that we've seen is just, you gotta, you gotta listen to people. Um, and it's, and the fact that sometimes people don't get listened to or even very often makes it harder for them to come forward, especially in these very difficult situations. Um, and so I'm just going to echo what you said, because I think that's a great thing to, to say is that if you don't have anyone, you've got us. I mean, Jake's DMs are open, mine are open. You know, I don't know how much we can do for you to, to, to fix your situation, but we will listen. We will give you our two cents. Uh, but you, no one, no one is alone in, in all of this. Uh, that's, that's something that we got to, change yep. in people's minds moving forward yeah um, so yeah on that note so i don't expect bob murray to be the gm for much longer maybe it'll take a couple months for this to play out maybe as elliot tiford indicated in his article it may take just a few days um, i tend to believe that since again tiford very close with the team yep afterwards is it the beginning of the Jeff Solomon era in Anaheim or does he maintain, does he retain the interim I mean, tag all the way through? You would think that he would lose the interim tag. They may keep that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel maybe, like he would get named GM once the season ends. I, or maybe it's a situation where once they let uh, Bob Murray go full fully and is no mm-hmm. longer administrative leave, they may name him uh, no longer interim interim. Because yeah. right now, I think because he is still uh, within the organization, technically, yeah, um, naming uh, Jeff Solomon as the general manager, I don't think that's Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't expect that to happen until he's gone, until Murray's gone. So, um, yeah. But, but, yeah, and then after that, I mean, assuming that that happens at some point, uh, you know, what – I mean, does – what this has to change so many situations for so many different people within this organization, right? Because all of a sudden you've got a different person calling the shots. Who knows what happens with the coaching staff? Who knows what happens with some of the players? Because we don't know ultimately what Solomon's views are on all these different matters, right? He's still forming all of his opinions. So 
I mean, do you want to take a crack at, at guessing how things might change under Solomon? I mean, I really don't know. I mean, here's the thing that we can try to look at the LA Kings um, right. over the last couple of years for, for some sort of idea of what they're going to do. Um, maybe it's not really, I mean, looking at how they've changed the, the Kings really kind of started going for it this summer. Maybe that's a change from Jeff Solomon to him being there and him not being there. And, right. and I mean, we don't know the influence that he had. I, I think that's the biggest question mark is what type of influence did he have on trades on everything like that? And, and so, um, that's, I guess, the the biggest question mark moving forward uh, is will he be more likely to move out the UFAs than Bob Murray would have been because he for sure did that in L.A. He had no issues moving out the uh, – I mean, Jeff Carter wasn't pending UFA at the time, but he had no issues moving out the Jake Muzzins, the Tyler Toffoli's, the right. Alec Martinez. Although there, he, wasn't, he wasn't fully in charge. So Correct. And I think so exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so that's kind of my point here is how much of it was him, how much of it was other people, and how much influence did he have. So, uh-huh. uh Yeah. I think that that's going to be the real interesting question. And we'll, I mean, at the end of the day, Jeff Solomon was the guy who built the LA Kings um, analytics department. Yeah. So he is definitely the guy that uh, he definitely likes numbers. He believes in them. It's been long reported as that. So maybe this is a situation where, um, where the ducks start embracing that you start to see some roster decisions made off of those numbers. And right. I mean, at the end of the day, if the if the end result of this ends up being a Bob Murray for Jeff Solomon swap, um, this could be a good long term uh, situation for the Ducks. Oh, I mean, Let's e- go even with that. even short term. Yeah, I mean, even short term, it's not going to take long to be an upgrade over Bob Murray. Looking at his recent body of work, uh, but yeah, I mean, just overall, I think it's super unfortunate situation it sucks that i mean it sucks that this is a thing right it's not something that we necessarily wanted to be talking about today but we felt that it was important to discuss this it's i mean the ducks put it out multiple people reported on it this is something that the ducks were willing to put out there willing to deal with people discussing it and it's just a huge issue it's a huge moment Mm -hmm. for a team when a general manager gets put on leave like that like that is not a small thing and it it just warranted a a conversation yeah and i completely agreed and hopefully this starts to to lead to the end of the old boys club within hockey that that has been plaguing this league this sport for a long time yep so on that note do you want to do you want to should we get out of here yeah i think i think we don't need to do the big hoopla i mean i guess the only thing that i do want to very very quickly plug um, that I think is worth plugging right now is our Patreon, just simply because at the $1 tier, you can get access to our Discord. And I just want to say our Discord day has been one of the most welcoming, um, greatest places to to talk about any of this um, today. So um, thank you so much to the Crash the Pond community. Thank you for the, everyone in Twitch. Thank you, of course, to everyone in our Discord for yeah uh, being a great community. Um, and I could not be more proud to be someone that, along with you, created this and um, the community, I think, really reflects how you and I both view the game, law, like both uh, from the minute details perspective and the global perspective. So thank you to everyone. Yep. Thank you guys so much. Um, I think Jake hit it out of the park there. And on that note, we are going to get out of here. Hope you have a great rest of your week. 
Hopefully we don't have to do another one of these until next Monday. We will see. Until then, have a good one. Bye, everyone. <laughs>